It's not when the executives come in from the top and say, you're going to do the DevOps. It's when a team starts to see the power of working in this way and they see someone deliver and then they become interested in delivering that way too. So like that has just been such a powerful tool. Tucker Calloway is the CEO of LogDNA. He has more than 20 years of experience in enterprise software with an emphasis on developer and DevOps tools. Tucker fosters a DevOps culture at LogDNA by tying technical projects to business outcomes, practicing extreme transparency, and empowering every person in the company to contribute. Welcome to DevOps State of Mind, a podcast where we dive deep into the DevOps culture and chat with friends from small startups and large enterprises about what DevOps looks like in their organizations. I'm Lise from LogDNA. Join us as we get into a DevOps state of mind. Hey, Tucker. Hey, Lise. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for the first episode of DevOps State of Mind. Before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to becoming the CEO at LogDNA? Yeah, sure. So, well, first, thanks for having me. Uh, excited for the podcast series and excited to be the, the first one on here. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, a little bit about my journey to becoming the CEO of LogDNA. I guess as it relates to DevOps, probably what was the most important to me is I spent four years at um, Chef Software, which was formerly called Ops Code, and we changed the name to Chef Software. But Chef Software was uh, the steward of the Chef open source product. And so it was one of the early pioneers and enablers of the DevOps movement. And when I was there, I had an opportunity to work with, uh, I was on the sales side, so I ran sales there, but I had an opportunity to work with some of the best minds in DevOps. So um, like Dr. Nicole Forsgren was there, who's at GitHub now, I believe, Jez Humble, Adam Jacob, and a number of our customers were early on, like Etsy and others that were early in the early stages of DevOps. So that was super formative to me in, in terms of like my knowledge of DevOps. Um, and, and not only how to apply that to development teams, but how to apply it to a, a way of thinking, a way of working in general. Awesome. Um, today we'll talk a little bit about you know, how we practice a DevOps culture at LogDNA, but also I think it's a different scenario because we are creating a tool for developers and DevOps-oriented teams. And so your experience has kind of influenced how you think about our users now, which is awesome. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about LogDNA and the problems that we're solving? Sure, yeah. So LogDNA is a comprehensive platform to control all of your observability data. Uh, what it does is it enables teams to ingest, process, route, analyze, and store massive amounts of unstructured log data. Uh, the capability fuels enterprise-level application development, delivery, security, and compliance use cases. Awesome. Uh, we won't talk too much about log DNA in this episode, but great for our listeners to hear the kind of problems that we're solving. Shoot. <laughs> um, okay, so I think DevOps is a really broad term, and it can mean a lot of different things in different organizations. So as a level setting question, um, I'll ask, what does DevOps mean to you? Yeah, so good question. So uh, it does get construed into a lot of different ways. Um, having that history from you know over nine years ago when DevOps was, a, was a, uh, a weird term that people didn't know about. And then during that time, transitioning it into a common term, the foundation of DevOps to me is really just a way of working. It's like a style of work and how do, how do people collaborate together across an entire organization. As I mentioned earlier, it's not just the development teams, but it is like how does a group of people come together to deliver capabilities for their customers? So 
for for me at log dna today uh or as i apply it today since i'm not supposed to talk about log dna <laughs> it's okay i'll let it <laughs> i can make reference time. okay yeah. fair, fair enough fair enough uh so tying projects to business outcomes is really important but really more than anything it's the incremental approach um, in creating a culture of collaboration one of the things that i believe strongly in as you know is, is transparency um, and that is kind of really throughout the organization so we focus a lot on working on trust um, as you know at log yes. dna but to me that means focusing not just on the business outcome but removing a lot of the unproductive concepts that have a tendency to creep their way into the kind of operations of a company uh, no blame is is a commonly used term in the devops world and I, I love that one and I've held on to that one pretty pretty strongly throughout the years just because I've always felt like the kind of concept of blame or fear has really as it creeps into these organizations it's just really non-productive and it it keeps people from communicating effectively it keeps people from taking chances and it really is the conservatism that comes with it is a barrier to, to greatness actually and so I really like to try to really focus on no blame environments. I love that. I think it's also really hard, especially in today's world, to not operate from a place of fear. Like, not only are you taking all of the things happening at work into consideration, but people have a lot of uncertainty in their lives outside of work, too. How do you approach that and help people feel empowered not to come from a place of fear? Yeah, it's a it's a challenging time in the world to create a safe space. Yeah. And I think the safe space is the most important thing. For, for me, it was a, been a fascinating challenge because I, uh, I took over as CEO of LogDNA in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a racial reckoning, in the middle of, I don't know, there's probably a bunch of other things happening, but those are the two big ones. Yeah. And, uh, and going through that and trying to create a safe space for conversation and all that at the same time, was it was a real challenge. I guess the thinking about it, the probably the most important thing is consistency. Right. I think you can't it's interesting, you can't say this is a safe space. Yeah. Right. You have to you have to demonstrate that it's a safe space and you have to the trust for that space has to be earned and it's earned incrementally. And you have to make example of it. You have to make an example of yourself. You have to extend it to people and you have to celebrate when those safe spaces are created. So I think just like anything else, it's incremental. It's earned over time and yeah. Totally. To dive a little bit deeper on that one, mm -hmm. how important do you think it is to create a, an environment where it's okay to fail and where you push yourself and like encourage your team to push themselves to this kind of DevOps culture or way of work? Yeah. So one of the things I like to tell people is I'm not done failing. So, <laughs> so I think it starts there. Yeah. I have a, I have a deep uh, acknowledgement of my own failures and uh, when I'm wrong, it's good to just say you're wrong because that starts to help set the example. But if you have this environment where people are protective of failing, then you have an environment where people are like trying to work with inside like the certain confines or safe confines and you, you just can't do anything great. Yeah. And so I just trying to really dig into that every day, I think is the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Also, I'm reminded of it because it's on your laptop right in front of me, but you say this a lot. No one is coming. It's up to us. And I think that's a good thing to remember too. It's like we're all responsible for the work that we do, how we contribute to the company. Yeah. If we try something and succeed, that's amazing. We did that as a team. We can own that. If we try something and we fail, that's okay too because nobody else was even going to 
try. Right. Well, so it's a really interesting backstory on that too. I've, I've done some uh, work with the Navy SEAL Foundation and uh, helping some of the um, Navy SEALs as they come out of the teams into like the industry and helping place them in places. So I've done a number of networking events with them. And that's where I got that phrase from. And uh, I actually just got that sticker yesterday because I, because <laughs> I, I had it on my old laptop and didn't have it on my new laptop. But uh, it's a phrase that really means something deep to them. Yeah. You know, and, it, and obviously they operate in different situations than we operate in. But like the, the phrase can be used in so many different ways to just remind us that like if we don't try, there's no one else trying. And that, it's so important in a, in a small company, but I think it's important in any situation to remember that you're in charge of the situation you're in. You're in charge of making that situation better and nobody else is. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you have your sticker back. <laughs> Not that you need a reminder. I feel like that is... It's pretty pervasive. It's mind. pretty pervasive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For those of you listening, this is a phrase that comes up a lot in, in team meetings and company all hands. So it's definitely part of our culture. Okay. So in your experience working with customers and partners at LogDNA, what are some of the tools or processes that you've seen really be helpful for an organization that's adopting kind of a DevOps culture? That can be pretty broad. Obviously, right now we're talking about taking ownership, cross-team collaboration, operating without fear. You can talk about that or you can talk about software tools. That yeah, I think there's probably, there's probably two levels to it. I mean, specifically on the software tool side in, in DevOps, we increasingly see the need for DevSecOps, which is actually bringing you know, three distinct disciplines together into a common framework for collaboration and delivery and taking control of business outcomes. Mm -hmm. And so with that, whereas these teams used to be very siloed and specific, they now have to collaborate and they need to have common language to do that. And a common language we find in, in many times is data, which of course log data provides this common framework for, for understanding. But when you look at these tools, you now have what used to just be like the IT operations team using log management, you now have three different teams using log management. And so the tool needs to be approachable enough. It needs to be simple enough. It needs to be easy enough to set up and get information out of. It needs to not require training. And so that these teams can engage and get the information they need at the time that they need it and then move on with their, move on with their lives. Yeah. You've talked a lot about, um, you know, security and operations shifting left. Mm -hmm developers having to think about them, that's a pretty central concept to DevOps. But you've also talked a little bit about the development mindset shifting right. Can you talk a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, that's one of my, <laughs> thanks for bringing that up. Yes. That's uh, one of my favorite ones uh, because I think that the industry has really focused on shifting left. And when, you, when, you, when you're shifting to the left, that means your orientation is to the right, right? Because that's the perspective that you're coming from. And that is in the kind of supply chain of the application or software delivery lifecycle, shifting left from the right essentially applies that you are taking operational constructs and you're pushing them on the development teams. Mm -hmm. And the development teams are teams that are already taxed. They already, they're extremely hard resources. They're extremely valuable resources as they all are, but devs especially today. And so what I believe we need to do is to start to think about how do we shift right, which means like how do we give the devs the tools that they need in the environment that they work in that allows them to take on some of the disciplines of the right versus taking the tools of the right and pushing them on the left. Yeah, that's great. I think obviously we're biased because we think and talk about this all the time, but log management is an 
a great, great example, example yeah. of, of doing yeah. exactly that. So considering that you have experience from the startup perspective, as well as with our customers who are huge enterprise companies, um, and you've seen kind of DevOps in both of those different environments, and for some of our customers, they're early in their adoption of DevOps methodologies, and some of them have been cloud native and practicing a DevOps style of work from the beginning. What advice could you give to a larger organization to help them on their adoption? Yeah, one of my uh, the best probably piece of advice I ever got on this was was actually from Nathan Harvey, who's one of the developer um, advocates at Google today. But he also worked with us at Chef, and uh, it's interesting. It's like it's just like any approach to change, and it doesn't matter if you're small or big, but in terms of the company size, but the answer is always start small. Like that's how you affect change. Like change doesn't typically come through big, massive changes and these like transformational organizational behavior rollouts. It usually comes from the people doing the work, having a desire to make the change. And so early on, we've always focused people on putting together a small team of like-minded individuals, um, having them do the style of work that they want to do in the way that they want to do it in the DevOps style, and then sharing that out with the rest of the company. And when you do that, it has this like this byproduct of being incredibly uh, infectious, where it starts to spread. That's like terrible right now. <laughs> 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 Sorry, but, uh, but like and it has this byproduct of um, of really catching on and permeating throughout the organization in a way that it it, it starts to um, organically take root, and that mm-hmm. that's where change really happens. It's not when the executives come in from the top and say you're going to do the DevOps. It's when a team starts to see the power of working in this way and they see someone deliver and then they become interested in delivering that way too. Like that has just been such a powerful tool and it's amazing with all the, all the time and energy that's been spent on it. It seems to always boil down to that just to simply getting a team of six people together. People always refer to them as like two pizza teams kind of depends on how much pizza you eat. I (laughs) I like to eat a lot of pizza, but, um, but depending on how, uh, how many people you have and how much pizza you can eat, whether it's a four or six, eight, doesn't really matter, but it's a small group of people working together and learning what it feels like to operate that way, right? It's so hard to switch from your current construct to a future construct. You have to experience it. Like you have to get all the way into it to experience it. And I've found, we've found it with our own company even in the last few months, like that yeah. that's the change that makes the biggest difference. Yeah, absolutely. That feeling of, I did this thing and I moved really fast. I accomplished what I thought I would accomplish or maybe something different than I initially thought that I would, but I feel good about the end result. Um, That's so powerful. And I feel like that's the thing that keeps people engaged and interested in their work and keeps them excited to come back to work or come back to their home office and do it again. Yeah. Or, you know, and and then oftentimes you find when you're operating that way too, that you might've been wrong to begin with your premise might've been wrong. Right. But recognizing that in two to three weeks versus two to three months is a very rewarding process actually. Like you actually get that, (laughs) that early validation that you get a chance to, to take it and to change and to, and to um, adjust and, and make it right for the customer. So, yeah. 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 This is kind of a polarizing statement or thought but how do you feel about the phrase move fast and break things i like it in general 
but uh, I think it's well, it's funny. I have I have a couple different DevOps type experiences on me. I have the chef, um, which is of course you know driving infrastructure as code and being able to deploy using that as a means to be able to deploy quickly. Mm-hmm. But after that, I worked at Sauce Labs, which is of course testing for DevOps. So. I think to move fast and break things is a great construct, but I also think that you can do it with safety. And that's something we've at both companies we talked about a lot. Like you can safely do that so long as you're writing tests, so long as you're you're injecting quality into the process. And uh, yeah, that allows you to move fast, break things, but maybe break it before a customer knows that it's broken. Right. So like let's move fast and break things and fix it so that we can get the right thing into the customer's hand at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. Tucker Calloway, CEO of LogDNA, thank you so much for a great conversation about tools and mentalities that help drive DevOps in organizations. On the next episode of DevOps State of Mind, we'll discuss why trust is essential in a DevOps culture. Joining me for the conversation is Sean Tierney, DevOps lead at Athos. I'm Lise Jones. Thanks for listening to this episode of DevOps State of Mind, brought to you by LogDNA. If you'd like to hear more about the DevOps culture, Subscribe to the show and then pop over to LogDNA's website at logdna.com to learn how to be more productive in a DevOps world. Links and information from today's episode are in our show notes. DevOps State of Mind was produced and edited by Pamela Lawrence from Studio Pod Media. Thanks for listening.